Dad, why does the sun follow me everywhere I go? I think it's actually just everywhere you go. What do you mean, Daddy? Hmm, my son. Well, science explains how the Earth revolves around the sun. Interesting, Dad. I thought the Earth is a stationary object. How does it revolve around the sun? Hmm. I don't have an accurate answer for this, but I do know where to find answers. The Inkaba Science Show on the Beat 97.9 FM. Ibado. Okay, Daddy. Son, where are you off to? I'm off to tell my friends to tune in to the Inkaba Science Show every Monday on the Beat 97.9 FM Ibado by 9 a.m. and also catch the repeat broadcast on Thursday by 5 p.m. We can't miss it. The Inkaba Science Show, powered by Inkaba Biotech, Africa's genomics company. This is the Inkaba Science Show. This is the Beat 97.9 FM. You have this station. Welcome to the Inkaba Science Show, brought to you by Inkaba Biotech. My name is Lauren Toba Yusuf. On this show, every Monday, we bring you experts in the studio to help you break down complicated science questions you might have to keep you informed and educated. And the show comes your way every Monday, 9 a.m. till 9.45. And on Thursdays, we bring you a repeat broadcast at 5 p.m. To reward your uh, frequent listenership, we have the Inkaba Science Show live quiz coming up very soon. We are looking for three eager people to take the challenge of taking part in a live quiz show on the Inkaba Science Show for the chance to win a grand prize of 30,000 naira. Wow. So to enter the show, you'll follow us on Twitter. Fill the entry form. There's an entry form already put up on our Twitter page. Uh, the top three contestants with the highest number of correct answers will be invited for the quiz. So entries will close on the 28th of April 2021 and the Twitter handle is at Inkaba Biotech WA. That's at Inkaba Biotech WA. At Inkaba Biotech WA. Go on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Follow us to be able to participate in live quiz show on the next episode of Inkaba Science Show. So today we'll be uh, talking about the nervous system. We already have our experts in the studio. She's uh, Dr. Lamide Adebiyi, a senior lecturer at the Department of Veterinary Physiology and Biochemistry in the University of Ibadan. Our research focus is on veterinary medicine, neuroscience and physiology. She'll be enlightening us on the nervous system, the composition of the nervous system and common defects in the nervous system and the root causes of those defects. Thank you very much for being a part of the show. Welcome. Good morning, everybody. Good to have you. Thank you. Okay, so um, I'll start off with the, you know, uh, by asking you as an expert to break down the meaning of um, the nervous system. What is known as a nervous system? Okay, thank you for having me on the show. Now, the nervous system is one of the systems in the body. There are several systems in the body, the digestive system, reproductive system, the endocrine system. But the nervous system is a system that coordinates the action of the whole body. It is responsible for controlling and processing information from every other part of the body. It's like when you have a computer system, you have the input unit, you have the output unit, and you have the CPU. So we can yeah. always regard the nervous system as the CPU that processes information from several parts of the body. So information coming from the muscles, from the eye, everything is being 
process in the central in the nervous system. So we can say it's the uh, central processing unit exactly. of, of the human body, like the you know database. Is is that the right word? Yes, exactly. You are right. Yes. Okay. So what what are the you know component of this system? Because for a system, there are different parts. You know, like the analogy of the computer that you mentioned now. You know, different part of the computer performing different functions. So I want you to tell us the composition of the nervous system, breaking down the function each of them perform. Okay. So the nervous system is like a big umbrella. Let's say big grandfather to everybody. Then you have nervous system can be subdivided into two, the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. Now under the central nervous system, you have the brain and the spinal cord. That makes the central nervous system. Whereas for the peripheral nervous system, you have other nerves, the peripheral nerves and the autonomic nerve. Those ones make up the 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 peripheral nervous system mm. whereas the central nervous system contains the brain and the extension of the brain is the spinal cord so when you talk about the central nervous system that's you are basically talking about two structures the brain and the spinal cord and in the brain too you have several structures within the brain you have the cerebrum you have the cerebellum you have the hippocampus you have several structures in the brain so we have the brain stem which which is made up of the hind brain and the midbrain, you have medulla oblongata, you have the hypothalamus, you have several structures in the brain. And anything that happens to the brain, because, you know, remember when I was talking earlier, I said that the brain is actually, the central nervous system controls the activity of the body. So anything that happens to any region of the brain would definitely affect other systems of, in the body because so, that's what modulates so every action. activity of the body you know is controlled by the central nervous system as i'm talking to you now gesticulating with my hand raising my hand you know blinking my eyes everything is all connected to this system exactly everything you're on that you're listening to me everything you are doing per, per minute is is controlled by the central nervous system okay so let's look at the functions of these components that you mentioned now and let's um you know try to break it down as um you know simple as possible uh you know so, so that people can relate to it a, a lot better so you mentioned the brain as um you know the key component in all of this because um you know everything stems from that signal from the brain basically so take us through the function you know different parts of the brain perform in this central nervous system and uh, how these functions are carried out okay so when you talk about the cerebrum cerebrum is when it in terms of size is the largest organ in the brain so you have the cerebrum and in the cerebrum you have different loops of the cerebrum so the cerebrum has four lobes. You have the frontal, the frontal lobe. You have the parietal lobe. You also have the occipital lobe in the cerebrum. So you have the frontal lobe. You have the occipital lobe. You have the parietal lobe. Now, the frontal lobe of the cerebrum is associated with higher brain function. And that is why when you talk about understanding, when you talk about attention, when you talk about expressing language, all this is being carried out by the frontal, uh, the, fr the frontal lobe, mm. and that is why in humans the frontal lobe is much more developed compared to other animals, because the higher the, the uh, across the evolutionary the evolutionary system, the higher development of the frontal lobe, the higher the uh, the activities such organism can perform, and so the frontal lobe is mostly developed in humans because mm. that is what governs the way we talk, the way we understand language is controlled by the frontal lobe. And we have the occipital lobe. Occipital lobe is at the back of the head. 
and that controls vision. And sometimes when you have trauma, for example, you have an accident or you have a fall and you just eat your leg, you go backward, you eat your, your head. Mm. And you, it's as if you cannot see for the next few minutes or few seconds just because your occipital lobe has been is, is involved and that lobe is what, con- what controls vision. Mm. And so you have the occipital lobe, then you have the parietal lobe. Parietal lobe has to do with, with movement. You have a parietal lobe and you also have the temporal lobe. So those are the four lobes of the cerebrum. The frontal lobe, the parietal lobe, the temporal lobe, and the occipital lobe. Aside this, we have the cerebellum. The cerebellum might not be able to initiate movement, but it, it, it's involved in fine-tuning of movement. For example, if you are walking and you are, you, you are, your, your posture it, 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 it controls posture, it, it controls gait, and that is the cerebellum. You, you also have the hippocampus. The hippocampus, when you talk about memory, you want to talk about the hippocampus because that is the, that is the structure that is involved in, memo, uh, in memory. So the, the hippocampus is part of the brainstem. That's like the That's storage like, facility now. Yes, okay. the, the storage facility. You, you have different forms of memory. I don't want to bore going into details. You have the working memory. You have spatial memory. But the hippocampus is very, very key in controlling information memory. That mm-hmm. you were able to do something yesterday or you were able to go somewhere yesterday and you want to also repeat that task today and you're able to do it efficiently. It has to do with how intact your hippocampus is. Then we have the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus in the brain is usually referred to as the neuroendocrine organ. Neuro from the word nervous, endocrine from the word endocrinology because it has to do with hormones. It synthesizes several hormones. That, like the gonadotropin releasing hormones that controls other hormones in the body is synthesized by the by the hypothalamus. For example, the testosterone, the follicle stimulating hormone, all these are are, are, are governed. They are, they are controlled by the action of the gonadotropin releasing hormone. So the the hypothalamus is able to pick when such hormone is low in the peripheral system and is able to increase the secretion in the brain. So you have several structures and. One thing we is uh, 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 let me just say this that we have two hemispheres in the brain, the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere, mm. and the two are connected by a structure called the corpus callosum. This controls this this corpus callosum is actually involved in connecting the right hemisphere with the left hemisphere. So. Yeah, uh, I know that neuro, neuroscience is uh, actually a very uh, complex um, field. It's um, something evolving as well. But um, I'm particularly interested in the part you mentioned that there's a section of the brain that uh, it's, it's only further developed when it comes to humans. And that part is um, what is responsible for the things that we can do uh, that um, the uh, animals cannot do, basically. Can you explain that further? Yes, I was trying to talk about the frontal lobe. Uh, the frontal lobe is involved in high executive functions. For example, when you talk about solving a problem, when you talk about doing puzzles, all these are linked to the front, frontal lobe. And it's very easy when you take a brain of, for example, a, a, a rat or the brain of a monkey, and you also take the brain of a man and you look at it grossly. Mm. Now, grossly means not even under the microscope. You're just looking at it physically and you are able to pin out where the frontal lobe is. You will see the development. You will see the size. It's bigger in humans. It's more developed. The the, the connection is wider in humans compared to these other lower animals. And that is why 
humans are able to understand, we're able to understand language, we're able to do a lot of things, we're able to calculate things, we're able to do puzzling, we're able to do anything that involves that involves understanding is mm. actually has uh, to do with the frontal lobe. And people are jokingly say that people that are very brilliant. Yeah, I was going to, I was getting there. You took the words right out of my mouth. You know, I was going to ask you that, you know, there are those who are referred to as geniuses, you know, those who ace all their, you know, examination papers and everything. So in that case, is it that their frontal lobe grows more than the frontal lobe of the, the others who do are not so good in this? Because you say, you mentioned solving puzzles, calculation and everything. Not everyone, uh, regardless of having frontal lobe of human beings, are mm. good in that. Or are there other factors you know, responsible for that. Yes, there are several other factors that yeah. are responsible for that. There is what what we call now synapsic plasticity. It depends on what is that. Is is like you have a balloon. The brain is usually you have a balloon. It's mm. referred to as a balloon, and you blow air in the balloon. Is the the more the air you blow, the bigger the balloon is. So when you use your brain more, is is discovered that when you use your brain more, people that read often, people that do musical things and all that, the, you're able to have much more connectivity with different areas of the brain. For example, if I just use my brain to just do little activity, maybe my brain is just, the connection in my brain is just, for example, is just about 2,000. Whereas somebody that is involved in a lot of activities, that plays music, that does a lot of things, is able to, now the brain is... is that plays yes, chess. Yes, <laughs> that, yes, yes, that does quite a number of things. Yeah. Now, the brain is able to now get more connection. We call it uh, plasticity. It's able to form bigger connection more connection because the, the brain is like is interconnected so the more you use the brain the more you are able to get that, those connections reinforced the better you are and the more your iq so I think okay so if i want to um you know do better in calculation for example i have to continue to do it to develop that part of the brain exactly exactly I, I, you, you mentioned that the brain is central to everything sight and um, movement of the body and all of those so what about the uh you know aspect of emotion because some people have come up with all kinds of um, theories as to uh, how the brain will process you when you're angry uh, when you're when you're sad when you're happy you know for people that are you know heartbroken for it for example mm -hmm. you know is a lot all of this uh, type of feelings processed through the brain and sent to other parts of the body yes mm. most of these are, are processed in the brain the basal ganglia is uh, another structure that is involved in this process of emotions yes okay. even the way we eat is processed in the brain when there are some neurons that we call the orexin neurons. These neurons uh, they are involved in in satiety, t telling you that okay, this is good, you are okay, you are satisfied. That's enough. That's okay. enough. Okay. Yes, it has to do with it's in the hypothalamus. It has to do and it's in the brain. But so jokingly, I tell people that maybe probably in Nigeria, you know, people go for parties and they just keep eating, they just keep. So maybe that part of the brain is not working yeah, anymore. <laughs> maybe our exine neuron there should be something. There should be a research should be done on our orexin neurons. So the the satiety, your ability to sleep and wake up. Is mm. coordinated by the brain. Okay, and and so it's not just it's not just emotions, behavior. You find some people they have an accident, maybe they have head injury, and maybe when they even after recovery, the people say they, they change that their behavior has changed and all that. It has to actually do with the brain so it governs a lot of things i, I know we're, 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 there are other components of the nervous system we have, we have to talk about but this is the you know um just to wrap up before we move to other components from the brain uh I, i've read up on um, issues related to addiction and uh, they talk about a particular fluid uh, i think it's dopamine that is producing certain part of the brain and then you know it makes you uh, it gives you a feeling of excitement when you you know take something that you are you know addicted to so is that you know fluid coming from 
from that part of the brain that processes emotion that you mentioned as well? No, no d- dopamine is a neurotransmitter mm. and is an inhibitory neurotransmitter. What, what do I mean by inhibitory neurotransmitter? It's an I- we have in the in the in the brain we have some neurotransmitters that are excitatory. They they tend to make cells. There are cells in the in the nervous system called neuron. All these activities we are talking about is performed by neurons. And so when when, when you and what have, are these neurons? Yes, those are the basic structure of the nervous system. Okay. Like okay, when you check under the microscope, what you are going to find uh, there are cells and there are neurons. Now you have two types of cells in the nervous system. You have the neurons and the glia cells. Now what the glia cells does is like they just support the neurons. The neurons, like we are communicating, I'm, I'm on radio live mm. now. I'm, I'm talking to people. I can also take my phone and speak and call people. I can also go on TV and speak. Those are ways by which we communicate. For, for the neurons in the nervous system, they communicate via use of neurotransmitters. The neurons use neurotransmitters, like neuron A, use neurotransmitters to communicate with neuron to B. To send signals. Yes, okay. send signals. Yes, to send signals to neuron B and etc. Now, there are two types of neurotransmitters. They can be excitatory and it can be in now, when is when is an excitatory neurotransmitter is able to cause what we call generation of action potential, so that that signal is able to move to the next neuron. Mm. And when it is inhibitory, it's less likely to cause an action potential. That signal might not be able to move to the next neuron. And so it, the, that's how the body works. When you have an, there is, must be a balance between the excitatory neurotransmitters and inhibitory neurotransmitters. Because if there is no balance, then what you have, for example, if you have an animal that is bitten by a snake, what, what, what snake, some of the snake venom, what they do is that they, they cause uh, the inhibition of acetylcholine esteris. And so if there is inhibition of acetylcholine esteris, it's an enzyme that breaks down acetylcholine. So if, what is acetylcholine? Yes, acetylcholine <laughs> is an excitatory neurotransmitter. Okay. So when you that makes you excited. Y- is that what it is? No, it doesn't make you excited, but it makes the neuron to be able to communicate with the next, next neuron. Okay. That means it's, it enables the next neuron to be able to generate an action potential, likelihood of an, an action potential to be generated. And when an action potential is generated, it means the signal is passed to the next neuron. That's what it just means. Right. Now, what the snake, uh, is, is, when, when you have a snake venom that, that has an ant, uh, acetylcholine esteris, it prevents that enzyme from breaking down acetylcholine. Acetylcholine, remember, is an excitatory neurotransmitter. So if it's not broken down, you have that's when you have the animal is paralyzed, it's just twitching, there's tremor, there's there's increased discharge of, of the eye ocular discharge because there's nothing to balance it. The animal is just excited. The animal mm-hmm. is just you have muscle spasm and all that. Because the excitatory neurotransmitter is not stopped. It's not okay. Because the, the, the snake venom has caused the generation of uh, has prevented the degradation of acetylcholine esteris mm-hmm. and that is what breaks down acetylcholine. So that's 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 something I can use to explain. Okay, that. so we we'll leave the brain now we, because there are other components of the central nervous system that you mentioned. So the mm-hmm. brain is um, one of the most important. Let's look at other components of that central nervous system before we go to the peripheral nervous system. Yes. So we talk about the the spinal cord. Yeah, is a continuation of of the brain, and the spinal cord. You have it in the vertebral column. You know, you have the cervical vertebra. You have the lumbar uh, vertebra, all this in the vertebral column as the the spinal cord. And usually it's like whitish, it's a whitish component. And the spinal cord is also very important because the spinal cord acts like a conduit of of information. Is the spinal cord 
any information co coming from the body is passed to the brain through the spinal, spinal cord. cord okay and any signal the brain wants to send to the body is also passed through the spinal cord so in the spinal cord we have what we call the ascending pathway and we have the descending pathway now the ascending pathway is the pathway that is involved in sensory signals now the ascending it means it's going up that means it's coming from the body system and going up to the brain so we call it because it's able to sense information we call it the sensory pathway and the one coming down, that means from immediately the, uh, the brain finished processing the information and it wants to send the signals back to the rest of the body, it actually uses the spinal cord. To, and that one coming down from the brain is called the descending, descending pathway. And it, it, you can also refer to it as a motor pathway because mm. that's the pathway that governs, okay, for example, you have, you, you know, you have, you step your, your, your feet on something that is very, very hot, or you want to, you have a toe, you have a nail, immediately your body is able to re withdraw the leg. Mm. Withdraw the, so that's, all those reflexes are being controlled by the spinal cord. So it's just a way of protecting the body from nauseous substances, nauseous uh, stimulus. So that's what the central, uh, the, the, the spinal cord the spinal does. Cord does yes. All right. This is the Inkabat Science Show. We are talking about the central nervous system. Our experts in the studio is Dr. Olamide Adebi. He's a senior lecturer at the Department of Veterinary Physiology and Biochemistry in the University of Ibarra. We're looking at the nervous system, the component of the nervous system and common defects in the nervous system, the root causes of those um, defects. We'll take a short break. We'll get back. We'll look at uh, the peripheral nervous system and then we'll delve into the defect of the nervous system as well. Remember, you can be a part of the show by calling the studio line 0700 1979 or on Twitter at the beat 979FM. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go away. Dad, why does the sun follow me everywhere I go? I think it's actually just everywhere you go. What do you mean, Daddy? My son. Well, science explains how the earth revolves around the sun. Interesting, Dad. I thought the earth is a stationary object. How does it revolve around the sun? Hmm. I don't have an accurate answer for this, but I do know where to find answers. The Inkaba Science Show on the Beat 97.9 FM. Ibado. Okay, Daddy. Son, where are you off to? I'm off to tell my friends to tune in to the Inkaba Science Show. Every Monday on the Beats 97.9 FM Ibadan by 9 a.m. And also catch the repeat broadcast on Thursday by 5 p.m. We can't miss it. The Inkaba Science Show, powered by Inkaba Biotech, Africa's genomics company. This is the Inkaba Science Show. Big talks of the town. already know. Welcome back. This is the Inkaba Science Show brought to you by Inkaba Biotech. We're discussing the nervous system and we have in the studio Dr. Lamide Adebi. Remember, you can be a part of the conversation by calling 0700-1097. You can also take part in a live quiz show in the next edition of the Inkaba Science Show. All you have to do is uh, go on, follow us on Twitter to fill the entry from that's already put up online for you. We're looking for uh, three eager people, the top three contestants to the highest number of correct answers. On those forms will be invited for the quiz. Entries will close on the 20th of April 2021. The Twitter handle is at Inkaba Biotech WA. That's at Inkaba Biotech 
WA. You can also enjoy a repeat broadcast of this episode on uh, Thursday, 5 p.m. But the show comes your way every Monday, 9 o'clock till 9.45 in the morning. So, Dr. Adebi, you were, were discussing the uh, central nervous system and mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about the brain, the parts of the brain and different functions that are carried out and the, the carry out in the spinal cord as well. So, let's look at the peripheral nervous system now. Okay, so the peripheral nervous system is a part of the uh, nerves, other nerves outside of the central nervous system. Okay. So when you find nerves outside of the central nervous system, that particular nerve is a component of the peripheral nervous system. And there are actually two broad class, uh, classes of that. Because the peripheral nervous system, what it does is it tries to also link the other part of the body to the brain and the spinal cord, which, mm. uh, which, which are the central. But you also have some nerve outside the brain and the spinal cord. And there are two types you can broadly classify the peripheral nervous system into two. The first are the somatic nervous system, the somatic nerves. This, this are, this, you find such nerve in the limbs and you also have, apart from the somatic nervous system, you also have the um, autonomic nervous system. Now, these are the other nerves that are involved in, that are present in internal organs. They control the way we, our heart beats. They control the way we, our, our, we, we go to the toilet, the gastrointestinal tract. Mm. So, all these other nerves in the internal organs are made up are, are generally classified at the autonomic nervous system. So the peripheral nervous system can be broadly classified in summary into two. The somatic that has to do with the muscle cells and you also have the autonomic that has to do with the internal organs. So for the uh, muscle cells, now they have to do with the movement of your hands, your, uh, you know, legs and everything. That's what well, that's I yes, mean, from what yes, you've that explained. Yes, somatic nerves. Okay. So, yes, so you have the motor neurons that, when you talk about motor neurons, that is, is the, the neurons that coordinate what, what, what to do. After mm. instruction has been sent to the brain, then the motor neurons, the brain reacts, the brain gives information via the motor neurons. Whereas the ones that senses the information and transmits it to the brain are the sensory. They're able to sense. So we call them the sensory neurons. Okay. All these are part of the somatic nervous system. Mm. So when people say calm your nerves, that means that they're telling you that, um, you know, you should, um, you know, uh, that they, they understand that this um, emotion you're feeling at that particular time is as a result of the, you know, signal your nerves are getting from the brain. Is yes. that why they say that? Calm yes. your nerves. So they want to tell you just, just take it easy. easy yeah. Just take it easy. Yes. I think that's just the literature. What, what it means literally. Okay, so let, let's now go into the uh, various defects of this um, nervous system because like every system in the body, the digestive system, the circulatory system, there are all kinds of, you know, defects that might happen that can cause disruption in this in this system. So for the uh, nervous system now, take us through the defects one by one that um, you mentioned the brain, the spinal cord and mm -hmm. the other, you know, uh, nervous system that are not part of this um, central uh, nervous system. So let's look at the defect that the that can happen and the causes of those defects. Okay, so there are several defects that can that you can find in the nervous system, and it can be due to several things. The first I will want to talk about is trauma. Okay, that was when you have injury to the brain. Maybe you are maybe you are involved in an accident. Somebody is carrying a baby and the baby eats his or her head on something, so damaging. So you can have trauma, and this can affect the brain negatively so you can also have infection and that is why that brings me to talk about what we call the blood brain barrier now is is a way in which our maker has 
God has done it in a way that it's not every infection circulating in the blood system that actually gets to the brain. It's a way, it's the barrier is just to protect the brain from all these nauseous stimulus, all this infection from getting into the brain. And so when you have infection that is able to break down this barrier, that is able to permeate this barrier, Mm. For example, when you have meningococcal bacteria, it's able to break down the bac- uh, this barrier and it's able to get into the brain. Then you have infection. So you can have infection, you can have trauma, like I said. You can also have neurodegeneration. This is when the neurons, the neurons, like I said, they're the one that communicates, they're the one that evolved in sending signals and communicates in the brain. And so when you have these cells, when, they are, when there's degeneration, when you have neural degeneration in cases like Parkinson's, cases like Alzheimer's, then you can have infection. Then, then you can have neurodegenerative disorders. And these disorders uh, is getting attention worldwide because most, most people, when they are above 50 years, they tend to, what is called dementia, mm-hmm. people tend to lose their memory. And research is ongoing to be able to get compounds that could that could help in these neurodegenerative conditions, such as Alzheimer's, such as Parkinson's, such as multiple sclerosis. Um, so those are just those are few examples. You can also have epilepsy. Epilepsy too has to do when you have seizures and all that has to do with a disorder in the central nervous system. So in, invariably, even stroke. Because when, when you have... Stu- I, I, I know there's, there's quite a number, but I'd like us to break down the most common ones, like the, okay. you know, the ones people can you know, relate to that happens to you know, their relatives, the, especially the older relatives now. So you mentioned um, you know, Parkinson earlier. That's also a very common one. Yes. I've seen um, celebrities, you know, ex-sports stars, music stars and everything, you know, uh, the, with coming up with um, the Parkinson disease. So tell us uh, what, what the, the root cause of this Parkinson disease is what happens in the central nervous system that causes it and what it leads to basically mm-hmm. yes well most of these disorders like parkinson's science have not been able to know that this is the exact thing okay that causes it people have just been speculating is it old age is it hereditary in some yeah. cases well it's it's has to do with the older you get because it's mostly seen in older older patients mm. though you have you've have uh, you've had it reported in people younger than 50 but however it's mostly seen with older people okay i don't know maybe you have, you have you've seen people when they're getting older they they, they cannot control their um, like movements. the late boxer yes, now Muhammad yes. Ali, yeah you find them there's what you call tremor they're just shaking they want to pick a, a, a cup and everything. They're just shaking. They cannot control the mm. movement. And what has been known is that in Parkinson's patients, there is depletion of what is called dopamine. I think we earlier said in this show that yeah. dopamine is an inhibitory neurotransmitter. So there's that depletion in the substantial nugra. And so when you have this, you know, when when this dopamine is depleted, we find that the signs you see in patients is they are they are just shaking. They're not able to control their movement. There's tremor and all that. So basically, what what they do is that they try to give them. L-dopa. L-dopa is an agonist of dopamine. It just mm. resembles it's like dopamine. Okay. So they, 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 they try to inject them with dopamine to be able to control in a way because we've not science has not been able to find the exact exact solution. Okay. But what, what science has not been able to do is to mitigate the effect, to reduce the effect. And that is why people with Parkinson they tend to fall often mm. because they are so not it able to control. The um, the, con- the ability to control the movement of their 
hands, yes. you know, their body and everything. That's yes. what he does yes. when yes. it happens that's to what, you. That's what okay. he does. That's okay. what he does. And the, 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 you also also have their posture is bent. Mm. Even their, their facial expression, they have a flat facial expression. You don't know when they are happy. You don't know when they are sad because of that depletion in that neurotransmitter dopamine. Okay. Is there any connection with um, the lifestyle you lived when you were young and uh, you having Parkinson when you get older? Because mm. a lot of people said that maybe Muhammad Ali, for example, was because of the nature of his sport, you know, taking punches to the head that probably affected his brain. I also know that um, in the Premier League, for example, they are, they are, you know, educating a lot of people more about heading the football, you know, discouraging heading that it leads to all kinds of brain disorders when the footballers get older. So is there a connection between what you do as a young person, maybe you're into sport, you're into, you know, um, you know, be a, a, a kind of um, a daily activity that uh, involves different hazards that can or cumulatively affect how your brain functions when you go when you go older. Mm, I would say yes to to an extent yes. it does because I think that's why the brain too is well protected when you compare it to other organs in the body. Mm. You know the brain apart from even in the the brain is located in the skull. So before you even get into the brain you you know there's a bony structure that is protecting the brain because the brain is delicate and you also have cerebrospinal fluid inside the brain just like protecting it and also i think to, to, to an extent because any trauma any damage that happens to the brain will, uh, will definitely maybe it might have a chronic effect you might not see the effects immediately it might be long term that such effect starts showing up mm. and that is why it's very very important that even in in children they say you try to avoid a child from falling when a child is is, is young, Little, try to, yeah. yes, try to af- avoid that falling children and all that. And I said it that even sometimes you just eat your head. When you eat your head, you find that everywhere appears blur. When you open your eye, you cannot really see. It's just because of the part of the brain that is affected. And usually, is like I said that the brain controls every part of the body. So once an area is affected, it will also it will also be you, know, you will find the effects in the body. For example, if a, a part that is involved in the, the motor neuron that controls motor activity is affected, like the sensory motor cortex, the sensory co- or motor cortex in the cerebrum mm. is affected. It will also affect the region in the body that governs that. So it's like a vice. Is the the brain and all the function, uh, the functionality of all the part of the body depends on the brain. So anything that that affects the brain will definitely affect other other parts part of, of the, the body. body. So, so that is why it's very important to be careful. Mm. The activities we do and how well we, we do. Okay, so um, another very common one is dementia. You know, it's something that a lot of people that have uh, older folks can relate to as well. So um, tell us about dementia and, um, I mean, how it happens and what, what, what it affects in the body, basically. Yes, dementia, there's, d- dementia has to do with memory loss when you are not able to remember, like, you just get into a room, you're like, oh, I was coming to this room to do something. And you enter the room, you cannot even remember where you are there. Does that mean you have dementia? Because sometimes it happens to, I mean, it happens to a lot of people too. You just say, oh, you want to go to that room and pick yes. up something. You get there, you forget. Yes. Is that dementia? When it begins to happen a lot, often, then oh, wow. you are, yes, you might, you might have dementia. You want to call, you want to call. I'm sure you've experienced it too. Yes. Once in a while. Yes, once I mean, in a while. But when yeah. it becomes repetitive, mm. then there's a problem. When okay. you want to call Shade and you call Bola and you don't even remember names, you don't remember that 
that that might be that might be one of the signs, early signs of dementia. Now I was going to talk about aging. It, there are some things that comes with physiology when you are aging naturally. Okay. Th- there are some things regardless of how healthy you are, regardless of how healthy you are, okay. and dementia, amnesia, are some of the things that happen in older pe- older people, older subjects compared to the younger ones, and so the. Like I said, the way to avoid all this is to always stimulate our brain, to always be involved in activities. It's been found that people that that musical that play musical instruments, they are less likely to have dementia because okay. their brains are more developed. Engaged. Yeah. Yes, they are always engaged and all that. So dementia, amnesia, there are also signs of Alzheimer's disease. They, mm. they, they, you see them and people are not even able to do anything with time. You're not able to do anything on your own because you cannot even remember what you did last week. You cannot do a lot of things on your own because you, you keep forgetting and you cannot just help it. Mm. And I, I think that's, that's it. So it's mostly common among older people. Yes, among older people, mm. among older people. And that's why people are some people also take supplements some of this i don't know yorubans call it ogunsoye <laughs> yes there are cognitive enhancing drugs if you can take some of this in our in our diets taking a lot of less of less of um, red meat and more phytosterols phytosterols are, are have been shown to help in brain health so taking some of those nuts cereals like all this so they are very good for the for the brain for the brain o- yes. okay um there's also um another relatable one as well stroke which is um you know it has been connected to different um you know health problems uh, in the human body so in this case uh, because you're talking about um, and the nervous system and the brain and everything i'd like to know uh the connection between the brain and stroke what's you know what happens when an individual has stroke yes so Stroke is actually as a result of obstruction of blood supply to a particular region of the brain. That's when you get stroke. So it's related to the circulatory system? It's, yes, it's also related okay. to the circulatory system. So, for example, you have, you have something blocking, a, like you have a blood clot. It can also mm. be like you have a blood clot in a particular vessel and is not allowing blood supply to get to, to that region of the brain, then you have a stroke. At that point. Okay, so when the blood does not get to that region of the brain, uh, what does it do to your body and um, well, how does it now lead to stroke? Yes, because, you know, what when blood is circulating around the body, including the brain, the, what the blood does is the, the blood gets oxygen to, okay. to every part of the body. Mm. So once a particular region of the brain lacks oxygen, the blood is involved in circulating oxygen. The blood is also involved in circulating uh, nutrients such as glucose. And so once the, the body system lacks oxygen at that point, then you have the region, for example, if you have a stroke of the, the we, we said earlier that the hypothalamus, for example, mm. is involved in, in the sleep and the wake cycle. The medulla oblongata is involved in the, the, the beating of the heart. It controls how the heart beats. And you are not able to get blood supply to the medulla oblongata for a few seconds. It might just be a few seconds. It doesn't have even to be up to one minute. Immediately, you can have... That's why somebody says, ah, you just suffered stroke and died immediately. It depends on the region of the brain that is affected. affected okay. So, for example, if it's the, if it's the medulla oblongata where you have a stroke and you have an obstruction of blood supply to that region, you can have the heart shutting down immediately. 
and mm. the person dies. So it depends on how, and some people you have the stroke in maybe for example in the cortex, motor cortex, it will just affect their movements. You you find the facial paralysis, you find they might not be able to use the arm they've been using before and all that. So it depends on where the stroke happens. And so in some in some cases I've seen cases where, you know, uh, the stroke affects maybe the right part of the body or the left part. So is it also dependent on the part of the brain that um, there is blood shortage exactly. that determines how all e- this is exactly yeah. so what's the manifestation, the clinical manifestation of that stroke will depend on the on the part of the brain that you have that obstruction will actually det- uh, d- determines what the clinical manifestation would be in such, such a person. All right, 0700-1979. If you have any questions for our experts in the studio, 0700-1979. We're talking about the central nervous system, the component of the nervous system, and uh, some uh, defects that the nervous system can run into that can disrupt its functions in the body, basically. So uh, we've talked about stroke now. So what kind of lifestyle can we, because in, for dementia, you said that when you eat, uh, all kind of nuts, you eat um, cereal and all of those things reduce the intake of... Okay, we have a call. We have a call. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Good morning. Your name, where are you calling from? Okay, my name is Daniel Rowley. I'm calling from Felele. Your name is Daniel. Daniel, Daniel. Daniel from Felele. Okay, go ahead, Daniel from Felele. Go ahead, go ahead. I can hear you. Analysis from the expert is really an expert. Thank you for that. Okay, thank you. Go ahead, uh, go ahead. One question. One question I have. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Go ahead with your question. Go ahead. Okay, I hope she's listening. Yes, yeah, she's uh, hearing you. She's hearing you. I'm, I'm here. Person, an elderly person mm. who was actually working and accepting the camp. Uh, recently, person got sat down and no more work. Um... Just like that, uh, the person could not work, uh, taken to several hospitals by the SBT, the plan is still not working. What could have gone wrong here? What advice does she have for, okay. uh, for them so that I can maybe communicate to them? Okay, thank you, Mr. Daniel from Felele. Thank you very much. 0700-1979, that's the number to call if you have any question for experts in the studio. So, you got you got the question? Yes. Yes. Okay, there was somebody that could not just stop walking suddenly. Maybe we should take this call and then get all okay. the questions together and okay. you answer them. There's another one. Hello, good morning. Hello. Hello. Your name, where are you calling from? My name is Basi. Basi. Basi from Ibarra. Okay, go ahead, Basi. I want to ask about um, rheumatoid arthritis. About what? Is it a neurological disease? At... Rheumatoid arthritis. Okay, okay, okay. All right. I, I think I got that. Thank you, Basi. She will answer your question. She will answer your question. Thank you. Thank you very much. 0700-1979. That's the number to call to be a part of the conversation. Hello, good morning. Hello. Good morning. Your name, where are you calling from? Yeah, uh, my name is Ifaing. I'm calling from Songo. Ifaing from Songo. Go ahead. Yes. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Morning, good morning, uh, if uh, I good morning, sorry, good yes. morning. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> All right, go uh, ahead. She has already, I think she has already answered one of my questions. All right. I was asking concerning how to avoid memory loss down the line. And All right. she's like old age. She mentioned we should keep our brain engaged and mm. 
Oh, okay. Yes, I, I think you are. You are. You are right on track with that one. You are right on track. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, fine. Uh, what I want to ask is, uh, also ask, is there a possibility to develop the select room, particularly the front row and the memory box beyond what we already have? Okay. Okay, she'll be answering that as well. Thank you. Thank you, fine. Let's take one more. Let's take one more uh, before we go to our experts in the studio. 0700-1979. Uh, you can be a part of the conversation as well via Twitter handle at the beat 979FM. Okay, the last one. Hello. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Hello, good morning. Hi, sir. My name is... I'm calling from Okipa. Your name again, please. Your name again. Louis. Louis. Louis from Okipa. All right, go ahead, Louis. Yes. Uh, but sometimes I, my, I began to the doctor of Yeah. Please. Uh, yes. Sometimes Come I on. sweat on one side of my body. That is for my face, to my arm, to my leg. Sometimes I sweat on one side. You sweat on one side Let's take it from the beginning now. Mr. Daniel from Felele, that someone could not walk and then he was taken to a hospital. After that, you know, he still cannot walk. That What's going on? He's an older, elderly person too. Okay, thank you, Mr. Daniel, for that question. I, In a case like that, I think it's an holistic thing. What is the history of such a person? Is the person hypertensive? Is the person diabetic? Because we know that hypertension has, is a contributory factor. Patients that have, been, that have high blood pressure, there is a, uh, they have they are higher risk of, deve of developing stroke because what the high blood pressure does is it narrows down the vessel. Like, for example, the vessel, I'm just using a hypothetical, yeah. uh, is like 10 centimeters in diameter. When in, a, in, in a patient with high blood pressure, it narrows it down. And so, before you know it, it, there can be obstruction because of the narrowing down, and the bomb is you know, the blood is pumping at an higher pressure. Pressure, and so that can be a, a factor. High blood pressure can be a factor. What is the lifestyle of the person? So, when you get to an expert, is able to do an holistic. Uh, diagnosis is able mm -hmm. to maybe tell you to do MRI, tell you to do a lot of tests. Okay, to assess what is going on. Yes, okay. it's not something that one will be, because I don't have all the history now, mm. so I might not be able to say it is due to this, it is due, due to this, and I'm not seeing the the, the the subject. So, but you need an holistic approach to okay. solve that. And then there was another one about um, arthritis, whether it's related to a problem with the central nervous system. No, arthritis is just an inflammation of the joints. Mm. Is it is it is not. That has nothing to do with. It it does not. It does oh, not. Okay. Yes. Then uh, the question about um, the man that sweats from one particular side of his body. Same thing. I, w I would say I don't have all the information. We'll, we'll have to do a, some tests. And also I would also advise the person to go in, see an expert, make the complaint. They'll be able to do an holistic uh, analysis test to know what and mm. what and what and what's the age of the person. Is it an acute onset? Is it just what, what particular time of the day? Do we have this sweating? Is it is it every day? Is it a particular time of the day, just mm. in the morning? So there are so many questions one would want to ask mm. about the sweating. Is it an everyday thing or it comes maybe after you are stressed and all that? So and the, the, there was one who had asked about uh, how to develop your cerebellum or the frontal front lo the frontal lobe, how to develop it, yes, what I'll, kind of exercise you do. I'll, yes, yeah. e exercise your body, read books, not just mm. in your area, read books, 
any books, anything you find your hands to do, just do. Play instruments, take a walk, just be happy. And you find yourself developing stronger brain connection amongst uh, the new. And then we have one on Twitter at um, I am underscore Danny underscore J says, uh, Good morning, doctor. I want to ask what are the cure for Bell's palsy? I have a mild Bell's palsy. I've tried all I can, but it's not going. Mm. For that, I don't know how far you have gone with that. I don't know who, who is seeing you. I will suggest that what's what i don't know the signs you have and i don't know what offer you have gone like mm. i will say again you have to go in to see an expert make your complaint let them know how you are doing and what was it before you start treatment what is it now and i know mm. so. all right it's been a very interesting conversation with you uh thank you so much for being a part of the show uh thank you for having me. and of course for those who called we appreciate you as well for joining in on the show remember that um you can be a part of the live quiz uh, show next and then next episode of the Inkaba Science Show. All you have to do is go on Twitter, fill out the form that I've been put out for you. The three contestants with the most correct answers on that form will be called uh, for a live question and they have a chance to win the grand prize of 30,000 now. So to be a part, go on Twitter, uh, follow at Inkaba Biotech WA. That's at Inkaba Biotech WA. Remember, you can enjoy this um, episode, the repeat broadcast of this episode on Thursday by 5 p.m. We've been talking to Dr. Lamide Adebi, he's a senior lecturer at the Department of veterinary physiology and biochemistry.